0: Hey, guys, GBC Podcast number 41. I'm Courtney Wise. I'm
1: Shane Blankenship.
0: Hey, I loved your message on Sunday.
1: All right. What'd you love about it?
0: Well, everything. But I <laughs> love that you tell people, um, well, you made us look at each other and say, don't wear a mask. And then I'm like, it really put it in perspective when you said, we share a favorite actor. Who doesn't love Denzel Washington? Mm-hmm. You're like... He's just really good at pretending, <laughs> and no offense to anybody out there that loves him or loves, you know, acting. No, he's uh, one of my favorite. It's yeah. not my favorite actors. so that's great. why I use him as an example. My husband loves him too. Kyle loves to watch movies, so he can kind of like tell you who the good good actors are. But I never thought about a good actor being someone that's really good at pretending not to be themselves. Yeah,
1: that's I mean that's kind of their job, right? They're they're great at acting, and um, it, it, I, so years ago. I'm trying to think of how many years ago this was. Well, I was in college, so it's been a long time ago. Um, I went to Hollywood on dur- on fall break. Um, and it was probably a stupid idea that I actually worked out in in my favor and our favor. So I went with a buddy named Mike Steidel, who's actually a lawyer here in town, and because um, I have talked him into going, we were both Jag fans, like Jag the TV show. Mm-hmm. And so I had somehow, because I mean, even the the internet wasn't even a huge thing, you know, back then. Um, I mean, I'm, the internet was around, but it's not what it was today. But internet somehow, I had found, um, I had found like a liaison for the show, and her name's Harriet. Who turns out, Harriet, there's a character on a Jag named Harriet, and she is the woman who Harriet is named after. So she's been with Don Belisario since Don Bellisario was doing, like, Quantum Leap and all these other, you know, famous TV shows. Um, so maybe he even did Magnum P.I. I can't remember if that's if that's right or not. But anyways, he did some huge shows. So Harriet had been with him, and I, and I was like, hey, well, I think me and my buddy and I are going to come to Hollywood. We had just got done with Army's the Army Airborne School, so we had a little extra cash. It's like, we're going to go out here for fall break and she's like you know well when you're in stop in and say hello so we did and while I was there I was like is there any way we could see a filming of Jack like are they filming and she was like well I don't think so I mean they don't film here this is the writing studio and where they film is probably about an hour away I mean just like you can ask around but I I doubt it so we met all these writers and she, she showed us around the studio long story short uh, one of the, the last rider we met was a former army ranger who had been to airborne school and all this kind of stuff. He's like, Hey, you guys are in ROTC and yeah, and. Um, he's like, well, why in the world did you come out here? And so I tell him, I was like, is there any way we could see a film of Jag? He goes, I'm gonna see what I can do. No. And so he walks out and comes back probably 30 minutes later, and he goes, all right, I got you guys um, some time. He goes, be at the studio was in Valencia, California. He's like, got a car? I'm like, yep. He's like, here's how you get there. Um, You know, do this. Be sure to leave at this time so you don't get stuck in traffic. Get there at 6 p.m. They will be expecting you. Show them your military IDs. They'll let you in. And um, so we did. And Catherine Bell um, and David James Elliott, which are the you know the two main actors in the in the show, um, they were filming that day. And um, we walk in. They were already in the middle of the scene. Um, and I mean, they took us all over the set, you know, this huge warehouse, it's got the JAG offices there, it's got like a ship (laughs) and, and, you know, and you can walk through the interiors of the ship and all that. So they show us kind of all the the magic behind the TV, right? Um, and then Catherine Bell, like, so we only had like an hour and a half or or so. And so we're getting ready to leave. And Catherine Bell says, um, what are you guys doing for dinner? And we're like, I don't know, we'll just stop somewhere, uh, you know, on the way out. She's like, no, stay ha- stay and have dinner with me. And we're like, all right. You <laughs> two 21-year-old guys um, getting to have dinner with Catherine Bell, which it didn't turn to be dinner alone with Catherine Bell. It was it was Catherine Bell and David James. It was like it was all, it was the crew. Oh um, so it was awesome. So we ended up staying there for hours um, with them, you know, basically until probably nine, ten o'clock at night. And then we drove back, but it was awesome. So all that to say, after I saw that, Jag was never the same.
0: No, because you, it lost its,
1: it lost the magic. Oh it lost the uh, like, it was real when I was watching it on TV. Yeah. But after I seen it, it just, it never was the same. Like I still enjoy it, and I'll watch it, and I always love if I catch a, you know, a, the, you know, the episode where, where I was like, hey, I was standing right there when they were filming that. Like I watched them film that scene. Um, they
0: took off their masks, and everybody was. Like yep. themselves. Yep. Even they the mask were, of the set, you like could see where everything was located instead of seeing it, you know, behind the lens of a camera.
1: But they're really good actors. The whole thing is an act, right? Even the stage, it's all right. All of it is an act. It's pretending to be something that it's not. It's pretending to be jagoffs. It's pretending to be a ship. It's they're pretending to be you know lawyers or whatever. And um, the same. The only thing that was the same was they looked exactly the same as they do on TV. Yeah. I'm like. She looks just like she does on TV. He looks just like he does on TV. Right. But outside of that, yeah, nothing. Nothing.
0: Well, like nothing is as it seems. And how often do we tell ourselves that it is what it exactly what you just saw? Well, we want.
1: I think sometimes we want it to be. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think we want what we see, or what we think, or what we feel. We want it to be real. We want that to be the truth.
0: Well, it's hard to um, turn turn your eyes off. I guess you know turn your turn away from, tell yourself in the moment, like, this This is not real. You know, this is <laughs> right. someone portraying something. Well, you said that Jesus said um, in Matthew mm-hmm. 12 times the word, that used hypocrite. the word 12 times. Wow, I can't talk.
1: Yeah. Yes, hypocrite. 12 times he uses the word, at Thank least you. 12. It may, maybe more, than it, but as far as my count goes, at least 12 times in the Gospel of Matthew he uses the word hypocrite.
0: Yeah, so the better you were at pretending. Um, okay, so, so Shane, if you didn't listen to the message on Sunday, one of the things that stuck out, which you always do a really good job at this, is kind of give us a little bit more context because everybody knows what the word hypocrite means. Right. But I don't think a lot of us knew that back in the Greek days or Roman days. Yeah,
1: both. So, okay. so it was the, 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 the term hypocrite was the term would be synonymous today with our term actor. Yeah. Right? So we say actor or actress, and I think even today they're getting away from actress and they only use the term actor for male or female. Um, but in but if you lived in the Greek world or if you lived in the Greek and Roman world, because you know Rome adopted so much of that of that Greek culture, yeah. Um, you know they had their own, but they adopted a lot of it. And so if you were a actor. In our terminology, on the Greek stage or the Roman stage, you
0: were a hypocrite. You were a
1: hypocrite. That like that's what you were called. You, hypocrite, yeah. Catherine Bell. Yeah, absolutely. As she acts out. Hypocrite, like we like said, that. Denzel Washington. Yeah. Um, but it's just the term actor, um, and it was used for the term. Um, Because of what they did, Laura, right? described their job, and they described what their job was to portray or to pretend to be something they weren't.
0: Okay, I'm going to repeat something that you said on Sunday, and I'm just going to let that sink in. Okay. Uh, The better you were at pretending, the more popular. Absolutely. Is that not Satan right there? For sure. Like what's up is down, what's left is right. You know, he's going to take something that you might be really good at, but really really, it's a bad thing. Yeah. You know, Um, take a God-given talent that you might have, but really use it for his own kind of good. Absolutely. Am, am I Twisted. right? Twist
1: it, yep. Twist it just you know to take something that was supposed to be good and for our good and twist it just a little bit for his. I mean he's
0: so good at that. All right, so then you said uh, you can't live with the fullness if you live in pretending, which I thought was really good, and it made me think. Which I can't believe you didn't know this term. I will say I got to tell <laughs> Shane something today: um, imposter syndrome. And you yeah. know what? If you're not on social media and or if you're not like someone that's trying to gain followers on social media, mm-hmm. you honestly may not know what this means. Yeah, um, I know what it means because I spent a good chunk of um, about a year trying to grow my audience on social media before I f- figured out that I did not like to do it. <laughs> but it was for my book, Mom Dignity, and. Um, it's sort of just in a holding pattern, which is totally fine. However, yeah. the um, the the term imposter syndrome, according to like the Urban Dictionary, mm-hmm. is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments, and has fear of being exposed as a fraud. And really and truly, um, when when you have imposter sy- syndrome, you're putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. you know, as let's pretend an expert in the field of field of health. Yeah. You know, I do CrossFit, have a nutrition certificate, certification, and I want to start teaching people um, nutrition. Will start putting my stuff out there and then just feel like a fraud because maybe I had a cookie yesterday. You know, because I'm human. Or maybe, you know, I had a couple drinks with friends and I'm like, oh my gosh, like here I am trying to teach something that I'm not even doing myself. Mm -hmm. That's what imposter syndrome is. And although I think that it's not hypocritical, really and truly, I think imposter syndrome is just another way to say, like, we're all human.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I think it parallels with with that whole idea of hypocrisy, especially as it stands today, because... You know, we don't look at it in the classical term of it. We only look at it in the term. Of, I mean, it's always negative, right? Yes. Uh, because it is, you are not who you say, or you're. You know, you're you're saying one thing and you're doing another. Like that's the idea of hypocrisy, and so people use it against Christians all the time. It's always an argument, um, and they think it's a it's a it's a you know an end all argument, like because. Because, yeah, I am a hypocrite, and so are you, and so is everybody. Everybody has have moments where they do not do what they say. That's our human nature.
0: Well, and I think that's my whole point in this imposter syndrome is that, like, we all fall short. Mm-hmm. Like like the bar is set so high that the only way that we're going to ever get into heaven is is for the grace of God. And so if you yeah. want to like put a hook on the wall and be like, well, they're hypocrites and they're drunks and yep. they're people that cuss all the time. I can't yep. think of anything yeah. else. Then then that's fine. But really and truly, we all do it. We
1: all do it. No, I do think that there's a difference between, and this is where I think the imposter syndrome maybe comes into play. There's a difference in us having... Um, hypocritical moments mm-hmm. right so you know we're all hypocrites in moments
0: like then, I ate the cookie but I'm living teaching. in it yeah yeah okay
1: you, you know like I think I think and I, maybe yeah, and I might not understand the term fully but the imposter syndrome is someone who is who's an imposter who's trying who's portraying themselves all the time like it is intentional um they are they are doing it to try to make you believe that they are something that they're really not. So I think from that, that standpoint, I don't feel like everybody is a hypocrite or everybody is an imposter, but we all have those moments.
0: Well, and nothing is always...
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and so for sure.
0: again, I mean like even the, the the whole like idea of imposter syndrome or hypocrites, like it doesn't mean that because I had a cookie yesterday, I still can't talk to you about nutrition today. Right. You know. Right. But you know, I, I do think Satan does a really good job of selling us those lies and making 100%. us believe like, Oh, I, I really shouldn't talk about the cookie. Mm. You know, you really shouldn't preach that because you just did that, Shane, or you know, whatever. So um, that kind of boils down to like the the pressure to please people, and like I said, trying to reach a bar that we're we're never going to reach. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote down a couple of ways, and you please jump in that we can turn that mindset around. Obviously, putting the armor of God on because sure. that's like a spiritual battle that, that you're protection. fighting. Mm-hmm. Because you know, like the devil, like I said, he's really good at like making you think that you're that you suck. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So the, I I first put the armor of God.
1: And hold on, um, just one second. That's, so yeah, you just made a comment that the devil's really good at making you feel like you suck, mm-hmm. um, and that's always with a purpose, right? Not just to make you feel bad and care less about that, mm-hmm. right? He'll make you feel happy if it will keep you from God.
0: Yeah, because I yeah, the more you feel like you suck, the more you're ashamed or you. That's just, right. So
1: yeah. yeah, that's I think that's where like shame and guilt come in, um, and so maybe not even on the syndrome uh, or you know the imposter syndrome, of the hypocrite. It's probably. I don't know. I feel like it happens more specifically in this way. Like, um, you did something sinful, shameful, and you call yourself a follower of Christ.
0: Right. You aren't one of them. Exactly. Who are
1: you to even speak hope into their life? Oh, so good. That's the, I think that's where the enemy is at work there. Don't don't make known God and don't spend time to know him. Mm -hmm. You know, and whether that's happy or sad or uh, whatever the feeling might be, whatever the emotion that we associate with it, if it'll keep us from God, then...
0: No, I love that you just pointed that out. And then it made me think that if you are struggling with that today, you need to listen to last week's podcast um, about blind faith, because what Mm -hmm. we really talked about is clinging to the character of God. And so if you are in that place, um, I am going to spend a few minutes talking about the devil's plans for just a second. (laughs) However, we combat this always by clinging to what we know is true. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did want you to use Acts 5 3. And I have no idea how I wound up here, but I'm kind of glad I was. we can put this in a biblical perspective, but it was like two people in the Bible that I thought, well, this is a good example of imposter syndrome, or them sort of like wearing a mask. Can yep. you just like real short?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, Acts chapter five um, is as uh, a story that is fairly. Po- I mean, it's not super popular, but I think it's fairly known within the within the context of the church. Uh, but it's a story of Ananias and Sapphira, mm-hmm. and um, it, you know, if, if you're paying attention to the details in the early book of Acts, you see the formation of the church. Church, um, And you get a glimpse of like their attitude. You get a glimpse of the character of the people of the church as a whole. And one of the things that stands out is generosity. Like that is that is a common theme that I don't think gets talked about probably enough. How generous it was. Not in the context of keep giving us money, give us money, give us money. Like you know, sometimes I guess preachers um, have uh, culturally been known to do. Um, and that's why people hate church, don't want to go to church. Because they're always asking for your money. Um, it wasn't in that sense, but it was in the sense of we're going to care for one another, and we're going to take care of one another, and we are going to use the resources that we have and the funds that we have and and, and make sure that everybody has their needs taken care of. Like, we're not going to depend on Rome. We're not going to depend on Caesar. We're not going to depend on the synagogue at this point. And, it, you know, we will... In Christ, care for one another. So people were like selling their possessions. People were selling their homes, their land. You know, that had been in their families for who knows how long, and they were using that that money to to not just care for their own needs, but to care for each other's needs. So when you when you get to the story of Ananias and Sapphira, you you get this couple who says, um, "Hey, we went and sold our home, and here's all the money for it," mm-hmm. and they they turn it into the church. Well, it was a lie. Um, it like they, they
0: kept a little right
1: they kept a little which was totally okay they could have kept it's all of it for money. that matter it is their money it was their land they didn't have to do this they did it and they tried to they tried to put on a show if you will right yeah like it like, was
0: totally fake
1: this is at the core of the hypocrisy that jesus is talking about don't don't do this for show don't do it for for people to see and you know if you were listening um for, for those of you who listened to this past sunday or or have or who have gone back and listened or whatever That was one of the things I was talking about. Like in Jesus' culture, it was a thing to have these outward um, expressions. Yeah, of of piety, um, specifically of generosity, you know? Um, That was an expectation. Like, this is how you want to show yourself good. So be sure that people see you giving and being generous. um, So they'll know that you're a good person. Of course, Jesus combats that, but that's exactly what Ananias and Sapphira are doing, right? Hey, we just sold all of our land and here's fifty thousand dollars. That's just how much we got. But really they got seventy five thousand, they kept twenty five for themselves. Which they could have done that. All they could have said I mean, if they were gonna reveal the details, they could have said, Hey, we sold our house and here's some of the money from it.
0: Yeah, we kept some. But no, they were trying no to put words. it
1: off as that they, they gave all of it They away. are
0: so generous and so amazing that they took every penny they made and gave it.
1: Now, it's a dramatic story. So if you don't know the story, they drop dead.
0: It is very dramatic. Um, it reminds me of when who turned into salt because they weren't supposed to look behind them. That's
1: right. That's, uh, so- that's Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. and that whole story. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, like, they die. Um, they drop dead. And uh, both of them do after they basically lie about it. And you know, Peter's trying to get them to come clean. Anyways, it's a crazy story. There's a whole lot of other stuff in there. but
0: I'm so glad we got to this story, though, because how many times do you see something like on social and all of a sudden it makes you feel bad because maybe you didn't give that week Mm -hmm. or whatever. Whatever example is personal to you, but, but really and truly you don't know the whole truth, and you actually have another good scripture that you got from Rick Warren today, kind of about that.
1: Yeah, so he 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 quotes uh he quoted two passages. Um, Proverbs three twenty one is one of them. Don't let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Uh, preserve sound judgment and discretion. And then uh, Proverbs 18.13, and and this this one is from um, the Living Bible uh, version. So it says, uh, What a shame, yes, how stupid to decide before knowing the facts. And basically what he was talking about in this devotion was You know, people people seeing something on social media or people reading something in the news or hearing something on TV or or even hearing something about a friend or a family member or whatever and just believing it right away. Like not exercising that, like taking it for, for what you saw or what you heard in the moment and not using your own sound judgment and discernment to dig a little bit deeper to go, wait a minute, is this right or is this? Is that all there is to the story? Is, this, is, is there something more? And, um, you know, Proverbs is full of that, of exercising that kind of wisdom and ex- exercising that kind of judgment. Just because um, you see it on the surface doesn't mean that's, that's what it is. And that's what Ananias, I, I think, and Sapphira were trying to portray, that this is all it is. And what's Peter doing? Well, I guess he's really trying to exercise discernment or, or you know, sound judgment and go, hold on, Really? i got to say this, though, and this I know is probably a little bit off of our, our topic, but I think it's important to know because otherwise it's just a dramatic story about don't tell lies, right, or whatever. But like don't, don't
0: portray yourself as something that you're not is kind of what I'm getting at.
1: No, no, for sure. But I think I think that, that what you get to at the heart of that story is they held some back because they didn't believe that God would provide all their needs. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, that, like ultimately that's it. Like they're Ooh. not... They're not trusting God, and so
0: it's
1: it's bigger than the lie. It's bigger than the, well, hold on, I'm not going to give all this away, because I really, at the core, don't believe that God will provide, that God will give us more. So we better hold some back so we can provide for ourselves. And, you know, at the heart of the issue is provision. But ultimately, that's probably at the heart of all of our hypocrisy, right, of Mm -hmm. all of our imposter syndrome kinds of moments, like, At the heart of all of that is we're not convinced of who we are in Christ and can't trust that.
0: Well, and that we're not convinced that God has given us everything in his power, Mm -hmm. every gift from above, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's what Scripture says. I'm probably not saying it correctly. No, no,
1: you 100% are.
0: Okay, and so we're not convinced that we have access to that or that we could ever even deserve it, Yeah. and so we pretend, Yep. And so you are you hold back a little of the holy what he gave you for whatever kind of mask you think you can find here. And I say you, I'm pointing at myself, okay? Mm-hmm. Um and, and and then you just aren't living like out your fullest destiny, yeah. like in Christ. And yeah. so I get that. And yeah. I think that's why this hit me so hard. At first when I pitched it to you, I didn't think you were gonna go for it. But I'm I'm really glad we're here.
1: No, that's um, it, you, you're getting in a little bit to my message this Sunday because it, it's, it's just continuing on. So it continues on in the story. And if you, um, when Jesus says, um, you know, don't, um, you know, he's talking about the hypocrisy and the generosity, and don't be like everybody else and who just give for a show. And then the next part, he talks about prayer. He's like, don't pray like that either, because um, that was a thing in that day as well. Because I even struggle more, I think, with this Sunday's message and last Sunday's message of coming to the conclusion of, does this even relate? Because who in the world wants to pray in public these days? Like, if, I'd have a hard time probably on a Sunday morning if I just asked someone to come up and pray and them going, oh, yeah, I'd love to pray in front of everybody. People are scared to death. Like, it causes anxiety. It if you, to- <laughs> if like you would... makes
0: your armpits sweat. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. People don't
1: want to pray in public anymore. Um,
0: or just pray out loud. I mean, it's so. Or even pray out
1: going. loud. Uh. But that I think that right there is is going to be at the heart of of the message of um, Jesus saying, yeah, don't don't do that, but get alone with God, um, get alone with Him and know Him and be real in front of Him. And so the hypocrisy thing comes back into place. Like, who are you when it's just you and God? Mm-hmm. That's the real you. Who are you when it's just you and him? There's nobody else to perform for, and you're alone with God. That's If you want to know who you really are, that's it. Um, he teaches us how to pray. you know, And always, at the heart of Jesus' prayer is God, and it's always God-centric, right? God, your kingdom, your will mm-hmm. be done. Um, give us this day our daily bread. And that sounds like it's about us, and certainly we're a benefactor, but the prayer is, God, you provide. It's the recognition of God that you're the source. Forgive us our sins. God, you're the source of my forgiveness. So I'm asking you to forgive as we've forgiven others. Um, And On this podcast, I'm not going to go into that. I've got some cool stuff about um, language that happens there and after it. Um, But he goes through this whole thing and we're asking God to um, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. He is the strength. He's the power Mm -hmm. that's able to do that. So it's always God-centric. and if we come to him like that, the promise is, is the reward, right?
0: right. We have access to Your father will
1: see what is done in private. Uh-huh. You call it on his name, and he will reward you. Yeah. If you want your reward from what everybody else thinks about your prayer and the applause that you'll get, well, then that's all you get. Yeah. But he says, if you want my reward, this is how you got to come to me. And ultimately, the reward is God is controlling the outcome.
0: Where is the scripture that said? oh, yeah, okay, the reward, good measure, pressed down, shaken, gun, spilled yeah. out mm-hmm. more than you can imagine. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, and then another uh, passage that I'm bringing into it on Sunday is when Jesus says, Ask and it shall be given to you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is the same, right, right in that same area. Um, ask and it'll be given, seeking you will find. Um, but he also says, And when you ask, you ask with the wrong heart or with the wrong motive. Yes. So we miss out a lot of times on the very thing that you were talking about earlier. Um, we miss out on. What God wants to, like, we have all things in Christ, like you were talking about yes. that, that passage and that we're given, mm-hmm. but we don't get the all things because mm-hmm. we're too busy pretending.
0: I mean, that's a, it's like a punch in the gut, all, this whole thing. It, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, not, not, not just for me, but I think for everybody, we all do it. Yeah. Um. So I, I think this is this is really good. Well, I have one more quote, and Perfect. I think you might have another one from Rick Warren. Did, did you already read everything in the email? I read the two
1: passages. I didn't read all the... Um... It was really good.
0: Well, I'll read this while you do it. So again, another thing, another quote from uh, Ruth Chow Simmons. Uh, we sell ourselves short, which you just said this, mm-hmm. when we receive the gift of God's forgiveness and his grace as a self-betterment strategy or self-help. Mm. And I loved that. Absolutely. I was like, that's really deep and um like all all we need is what he's going to give us yeah your grace is sufficient Yep, you know so and it's like we're always like searching for more we're We're searching for something different or something shinier sexier
1: yeah we're i mean it comes back down to that whole idea that we're we're trying to provide for ourselves and we're trying to get for ourselves and we're not trusting and so we 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 ultimately miss out um
0: i love it i thought this was really good
1: I was trying to, I was pulling up here on my, I got my iPad out. Um, there, was a, there was something that I wrote down um, that had to go along, you know, along those lines with you miss out. Um, but basically, as I was going to say, do you only, you, you know, you need a private prayer life. Um, and um, we may not, we may not pray in public, but for some people, the only time that they pray is when prayers are being offered in public. What I mean by that is the only time that people listen to God or talk to God or is bow their heads in point. prayer is when I'm praying. Oh
0: no, yeah.
1: Or when someone on stage is praying, because I came to church,
0: I wear him out. And hey, God, it's me again. <laughs>
1: you know, but for some people, that's it. That's their prayer life. Uh. Uh-uh. You know, or or you know, they got stuck in a situation where you got to pray and bless the food or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's only public prayer, yeah. and they're not even the ones who are publicly offering the prayer, but they're joining. "Quote unquote," uh, with whoever it is that's praying, and they're not. If if we're not spending that time with God, then we're missing out. If we're if we do not have a private prayer life, then we are absolutely missing out on the life that we've been called to and the opportunity that we've been given to know God, who wants to know us. Yeah.
0: Well, I read something, and gosh, I'm not going to remember the scripture, and maybe you will. But it's like chase after him, like like he's silver. Oh
1: precious um do you know know, what i'm talking about
0: but i'm like you know chase chase after god like he's the shiny thing yeah like he's the new sexy thing that the thing that that you want to be um i've personally been doing that for like the last year and it's it's a it's a little addictive Mm. once you get started or at least it has been for me it's like once i get started on one subject then i feel like i have to know all the things about it and then i move on to the next and um, when I read that scripture, I was like, yeah, like the, you do, you're supposed to chase after him like he is like money, like yeah, gold, absolutely. silver.
1: Absolutely. No, I think that's exactly right. And I think, um, not that you don't do this, but for, especially for those of, uh, of you who are listening. Um, and, I, and I learned this from Tony Evans. Um, something that was convicting to him or was convicting about has always just stuck to me. And he, he tells a story one time like when he was in seminary. And he said he had gotten to a moment where it hit him that he was growing in all this knowledge and all this understanding of God, but wasn't growing at all in knowing him. Oh. And um, he's like, you know, it just hit me like I was hungry for it. and I I was learning all these things and I was knowing more and more and more and more and I was spending less and less and less time. And he goes, and I got to know him real, I got to know about him real well. But I wasn't knowing him. And I just, I thought that was powerful. You know, that balance of, yeah, I think we get to know him when we learn more about him. But don't let that sacrifice our time with him Mm. to know him. You know, because ultimately, that's the purpose. That's the goal um, is to know him. So for whatever, Okay, well, for maybe worth. that's
0: another podcast because, you know me, I'm so crazy. I'm like, okay, do I need to set a timer? And then I go back <laughs> just kidding. That seriously might be an, an, another one. Okay, guys, this is enough for today. I'll put the scriptures in the show notes. And as always, we just so appreciate you listening.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, guys.
0: Bye.